This weekend, I was, let's go with forced to go see <laughs> a movie that I did not expect to be a good movie. Uh, I don't like I, which is, of course, this being the show that it is um, Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. Joe made me go see it so that we could do this episode or possibly episodes. We'll find out eventually. So anyone who hasn't had the misfortune of hearing our back catalog, um, the reason the show is called Ruffled Feathers and the show art is an Archaeopteryx, uh, which is a feathered dinosaur specimen that's had feathers on it for like hundreds of years. This isn't a new discovery. Um, right. It's because around the time we started the show, um, the new trilogy of Jurassic Park movies was only news. And part of that news was that none of the dinosaurs would include feathers. Yeah, they thought that dinosaurs with feathers. I mean, I still maintain that we can't prove they weren't huge fat birds. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Which is my favorite Im- imager post of all time. It's like one of the very few that I have hearted in the app. Um, oh, good. That means you can dig it up for the notes. Yes, <laughs> but I, I strongly believe that they should be giant bearded vultures, just kind of, you know. Yeah, which is definitely around. our scariest looking modern bird. Or like cassowaries are pretty badass and they, they're, yeah. you know, flightless. Most many dinosaurs would also have been flightless uh, yeah. and yet feathered. So, you know, you've got your emu, ostrich, cassowary. Cassowary is brightly colored, so I like that one. Yep. I wonder if any of them were actually like peacocks. Like, would we know necessarily if if they were? What What do you mean in terms of like? Like they had big fancy tails. Oh, um. Well, we know that uh, like Velociraptor tails did fan out a little bit, but not like to peacock extents. I also want them to have silly little things on their heads, like peacocks have. Right. Because <laughs> that's like my favorite. Um. If we do find any, it. It probably will be in China. That's where most of the feathers are coming from because um, there the fossils are found in what was sand rather than dirt. So we get full feather impressions with them. And, you know, they've been found on a lot of things, including tyrannosaurs. So, yeah, feathers, they're a thing. Yeah, I did notice that uh, in Indorex, kill me, uh, did seem to have some proto feathers along its back and i did wonder why that one <laughs> like well, the fake dinosaur has feathers and the yeah. real ones like why um so in jurassic park 3 this was just after um uh quill knob attachment points had been found on specifically velociraptor bones for so that's like If you find evidence of feather attachment points on the bone, that means that there's like a lot of feathers. But uh, the artist took it to mean that there would be one proto feather sticking out of that. Hmm. Um, And when they uh, regressed the raptor design for Jurassic World, they forgot about the quills. And then I guess someone brought them back for the Indoraptor. Um, Oh, Indoraptor, that's right. I've been saying its name wrong this whole time. It's very silly, is is. is the problem. There's so much worse in this movie than the first Jurassic World. (laughs) Um, Because at least that was an okay movie. 
yeah, it was kind of a decent action flick, and it didn't have... So I, went, I uh, also made my husband go with me. <laughs> um, and there, there was a, a... He, like, busted out laughing at a couple of points that were not meant to be humorous. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's some stuff, and, and it's like... It, there's, there are some real head scratchers. Yeah. So needless to say, from this point on, there will be heavy spoilers for... Um, everything in the uh, Jurassic Park film and book and other extended universe, just everything will be ruined, so. Yeah, Joe actually cheated and reread all or one of the books. I reread both of them quite by mm. accident. I haven't been sleeping well. Uh. <laughs> it's It's really hot here. Yeah, I have central air, which you can probably hear because it's, yeah. <laughs> it's so hot. Oh, my God. I was out. I had to take the cat to the vet because he's, well, read my Twitter. I don't want to get into it. Um, and I, so I was outside for a grand total of like four minutes and I was melting. <laughs> like my steering wheel was so hot that like I, w I wish I kept potholders in my car. But anyway. <laughs> And I was using a sun shield, so it would have been worse if the sun had been hitting it that whole time. But anyway. Um, yeah, so. Yeah. <laughs> so, in addition to the dinosaurs being horribly wrong, um, this movie also made a lot of scientific sins. Yeah. Are we going to start with the lava? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and and this, this was great, because I first ran into this on Twitter where... Uh, um, a geologist uh, was pointing some of his, some of it out, and uh, she said, "You know, I finally know how you paleontologists feel when you watch these films." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> one thing that that this film consistently ignored is that lava is fucking hot. Yeah, <laughs> like if you're if you're within a couple of feet of lava, you're like literally melting. Like you're on fire. You have burst into flame. Yeah. Because your flashpoint has been reached. Lava is very, very hot. Right. So there's two scenes in the movie where the lava plays a role of some sort. Um, and the earlier one is uh, after Chris Pratt is tranquilized and left for dead. Um, there is lava slowly creeping through the jungle. <laughs> First of all, a special effects problem. Red lava is the fast lava. <laughs> <laughs> yeah because it's liquid uh liquid rock it's, it's molten rock yeah yeah and by the way if you flop yourself over a log you're not safe on the other side of the log yeah. first of all the log is on fire the log is on fire not only that but everything that's green in that scene would be on fire it doesn't yeah. matter that it's alive this is like a thing that happens like on hawaii that We've eruptions cause forest fires recently right <laughs> Everything is on fire up to and including Chris Pratt himself long before he gets himself able to flop three inches away from the lava. Right. He was he was incinerated. I'm sorry. He was he has been incinerated in the first like 10 minutes of the movie. Yeah. You know, um, it probably was more like half an hour because of pacing problems. Well, yeah, <laughs> you're not supposed to put falling action in the middle of a movie. Um, but anyway. So that lava scene was bad because he would be cooked like Anakin Skywalker at the end of that horrible film. Yeah, um, <laughs> that's true. We had we in recent memory, we've had a movie with that's accurate, somewhat accurate lava. Kids. 
Shh, no, it's recent. <laughs> um, and then the other scene where Lava comes into it is uh, when uh, Bryce Dallas Howard and the uh, worst of the two kids um, are in... It's not really a control room. It's just a room with a computer and a bunch of pipes. Yeah. Um, not sure what its purpose was, but whatever. Yeah. Uh, a dinosaur that is somewhere between a Suchomimus and a Baryonyx and made up um, is <laughs> stalking them. And some red lava drips onto its head and it merely irritates the animal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no. <laughs> I'm s like, dinosaurs <laughs> are made out of animal. And if molten rock falls on, it'll pretty much melt its way through and that animal will be dead. Yeah, especially also on like, fire. Right. Especially like it landed right on the brain, you know? Yeah, you need your brain. It's important. And their brains were located in their heads. Right. It wouldn't, you know, just be mildly irritating. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's it's not a deterrent. After a really stupid escape scene with them, um although uh, I will point out one thing that is not necessarily a plot problem here is that the island still worked because a uh, forgotten about plot point is that um, the islands were on volcanoes for a reason, which would be to exploit geothermal power because you're not going to get power from the mainland. That would be prohibitively expensive. Right. So it would have makes sense that, you know, the computers would still be on if they weren't, you know, filled with bugs. Yeah, I would honestly expect them to be filled with bugs. Uh, just, <laughs> Having lived in, in Georgia, let alone Hawaii, <laughs> like, the bugs are formidable. Um, but anyway, after that, the uh, volcano starts going off. A bunch of dinosaurs and Chris Pratt implausibly outrun pyroclastic flow down a mountainside. Yeah. Which the m speed on the math is wrong. And by the way, you're, it's hot, like really, really hot. It's not just a wall of dust. Like you're, no. <laughs> you're you're breathing in lava. It's it's a wall of you're on fire. Yeah, th that's you have burst into flame. That is how Pompeii happened. Yeah, it's it's pretty <laughs> weird to just like ignore every salient fact about how lava works. Right, just for the purpose of this movie. Although I must say, one one particularly effective scene was when that poor I don't know if it was a brontosaurus or are we still calling them a patosaurus? Anyway, the no, that was one. that was the Brachiosaurus. The Brachiosaurus. Okay, well, that one is like sad because it's being abandoned, and that like broke my heart a little bit, and I wish that hadn't happened. Yeah, and that's um, that's like the one uh, well-written scene of the movie because yes, that would kill it, even though it just looks like a dust cloud, um, and it was intentionally the Brachiosaurus rearing up like it did in the first film when it was the first dinosaur that was shown yeah. on screen. That's true. That's probably why it had extra emotional impact. And yeah. also, like, I wanted to save all of the vegetarian ones because that seems like a less bad idea than saving the carnivores. No, we went over this in our previous episode. So everyone go back three years and find that. <laughs> and we talk about how all of the herbivores they picked were likely angry like buffaloes. Well, yeah, but... Yeah, I guess that's true. They'll stomp on you just because you're annoying. They're all the but, pointy ones. But they're, like, cool and huge and would be very difficult to transport on a boat of any size. Yeah. 
Also, they continue to wildly exaggerate the size of the um, Mosasaur, was it? The, yes. The, you know, the giant alligator one. The uh, fish reptile that's not a dinosaur. Right. I mean, you pretty much knew that it was going to eat those guys in the little submarine. God, that's right. That part was at the beginning. Oh, right. This, that's what it opened This movie <laughs> took forever to get going. Like, Yeah. <sighs> and the plot was so dumb. Um, so, uh, moving along chronologically, they escape from the pyroclastic flow in one of the uh, bubble cars from the previous film. Right. Um and everybody goes over a cliff into the, uh, it, I guess it's the ocean. Yeah, although the other thing about the combination of lava and ocean is that it, it creates quite a bit of steam and boiling. So that wouldn't have been great for Chris Pratt either. Yeah, and also um, explosions. Right. It's not, <laughs> it's not like you jump into the water and you're okay. You're yeah. super not okay, even if you are stuck in a for some reason, sinking glass bubble. Yeah. So everything in this scene is in incredibly wrong. Just, uh, we'll come back to the bubble. I uh, uh, I just want to mention that uh, dinosaurs float. Okay. Because they are animals. Right. And animals are made out of water. But not entirely. <laughs> so we're a little bit less dense. Right. So we have to, you know, swim a little bit. But, We've got lungs and stuff, though. Like, they definitely had lungs. Yeah. And they were probably pretty big, like, proportional lungs, you know? Right. Would they have been bigger proportionally because of the way the air was or the same? Or, I don't know. Uh, good question. But presumably, you'd see the animal, you know, heave if it took a big breath. So they'd be pretty big lungs. Yeah. Which is a giant airbag, which will help <laughs> Which you. will float you. <laughs> yeah. And it, it shows the... Uh, um, a couple of triceratops like sinking with their heads up towards the surface of the water as if they're just weighed down like you know with you know cement shoes yeah it's like no they would float um and in fact this is like this isn't even indirect evidence we have direct evidence that um the uh, ankylosaurs the ones with the uh, tail club uh right. floated because the way we find them is always on their backs because when they die, they go into the water. You know, they, you know, they're just washed out to sea because they float. And because <laughs> all the armor on their back is heavier, they turn upside down. Right. And then we find the bones upside down somewhere. Yeah, but we're, we're just ignoring that for the purposes of I don't know why. Yeah. So the big thing that doesn't float is the stupid glass bubble. <laughs> Yeah, and the thing about a glass bubble that's also mostly full of air and somewhat full of Bryce Dallas Howard and the <laughs> kid with the computers who definitely had a name that I don't know, um, it would definitely float. Right. Quite floaty, in fact. And if the seal, like, was so... <sighs> water started coming in it for no apparent reason, and then some lava fell on it and melted through the, through the glass, but that was, like, otherwise okay. <laughs> like the same lava that just annoyed the dinosaur in the previous yeah. <laughs> scene is in this scene melting through glass which is i don't know if you know this but it's harder um to melt glass than animal yeah like, <laughs> just in general you can't you probably can't do it on like your stove i don't know i haven't tried don't i don't recommend trying but uh yeah 
<laughs> yeah. So the drop of lava just, you know, goes slowly through it. Um, and they managed to dodge it because, you know, their heads wouldn't be fine. Right. Because what? <laughs> dinosaurs are tough. <laughs> Maybe they're made of, I don't even know what material. <laughs> Something from space. They're aliens. <laughs> I don't know. Um, the, the problem with that, though, is that it, it fell through the top. So, like, water was going in from the top. But the top would be above water because the whole thing should anyway yeah it would definitely be floating at least a little at least that much that part would definitely be and then so they can't get the door open until chris pratt busts out his little pocket knife like <laughs> what what did he do exactly no no wait first he shot it oh that's true <laughs> and that you know let in more water which was it's not helping <laughs> not really um but also um what is this made out of if shooting through it does exactly that? I don't know. Because it should have, you know, shattered like the way wind, uh, windshield glass shatters, you know, well, where it's laminated, but it looks like it just made a hole. Yeah. In... <laughs> Maybe it's transparent aluminum like in Star Trek. Or I mean, unless it's intentionally bulletproof glass because it's made to survive accidental dinosaur pissing off. Um, but then the bullets should have lodged in it. Yeah, like, also, the qualities you might want, I don't know if they'd be exactly the same. Dinosaur attack, well, I guess if a stegosaurus is, like, poking you, but, I mean, yeah. even that, you're not going to get the ballistic force of, uh, you know, the, the, um, impact, because small yeah. area, whatever. Anyway, yeah, uh, so we know it's not tempered glass, which seems, uh... I don't know. Not like the the glass bubble cars are just a mess. It they're it seems like they're designed to be a death trap if you can't break your way out of it. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> uh, and of course, that was some of our attention is oh my god, are they gonna die? It's like no, there's a lot more movie left for some reason. <laughs> yeah, right. So, so I'm pretty sure that Bryce Dallas Howard, maybe the kid could die. I don't did. Like we saw him a couple more times, but I don't know if he did anything important. Other than other than he he showed up at the end. Maybe they're saving him for another. Oh movie. God, I hope not. Um, <laughs> yeah. So they get out of the bubble and uh, go to the dock, and the uh, sad brachiosaur happens, and they drive a truck onto the boat, which. As far as movie driving physics is fine. Yeah. We've seen worse. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then we get to the stupid crap on the boat, which is that um, Blue, the Velociraptor, having been shot with a real bullet and also tranquilizers, uh, needs a blood transfusion. So they decide to get it from the Tyrannosaurus. Because, I mean, now, technically, they are the two closest animals there in terms of phylogenetic bracketing, but... Yeah, but, like... <laughs> but, like, no. Like, humans and gorillas definitely can't exchange blood and be okay. And even if we take it to birds, that's like putting ostrich blood in a house sparrow. Yeah, I'm not sure what will happen, but I wouldn't expect anything good. Right. They don't seem to have trouble 
finding the vein in the Tyrannosaurus either. It's just like, eh, stab it, rubber, blood will come out, it'll be fine. Well, supposedly Chris Pratt was, like, pressing on it to, like, make the vein visible, I guess, which is why he couldn't do the jabbing part. Mm. And they had to set up that whole ridiculous scene with her straddling the dinosaur. I guess. But but uh, I still I'm I'm not certain of the efficacy of that <laughs> method of exposing a vein either. Uh, yeah, because <laughs> I don't think you'd be able to if you need to if you need to get a running start to get through the skin. I don't think pressing on it will make anything bulge. I mean, Chris <laughs> Pratt certainly bulked up in between. <laughs> Parks and Rec and oh, yeah. his, his action movie days, but I still yeah. am not perfectly convinced that he's <laughs> that he's that strong. I don't know. Kind of miss fat Chris Pratt. Yeah, he had a certain cuteness to him. Yeah. <laughs> um. Although, that does get us to uh, the scene where they take a nap together. Yeah, you know what we tried to figure out after we got out of the theater was exactly how long were they on that boat? Was it a couple hours? Was it a couple days? Like, I had no idea. Because they're, so Costa Rica. And so, all right, <laughs> let's let's talk a little bit of geography. Yeah. Am I mistaken that where they took the dinosaurs was in Northern California? They said that, right? That is correct. That's where the estate was. Mm -hmm. And the islands are off Costa Rica. Those places are far from one another, aren't they? Yes. <laughs> Do you have to go through the Panama Canal for that? Well, Costa Rica has two coasts, so if oh, okay. the islands were on the Pacific side... Okay, so that's not as bad. No, it's just still the long-ass trip up right. all of it's... Mexico and then most of California. Which is very long. And very left. It's not a straight shot north. Right. By no means. That, <laughs> yeah. That's why, you know, Southern California has a south coast. Because right. It, yeah. Like there's a mall, South Coast Plaza, and I always wondered why it was called that. And it was, well, because it, the state projects and it's a whole roundy thing. But anyway, <laughs> so they're on the boat for a while. I don't know. A couple days? Probably. Are boats fast? I don't know how fast boats are. Probably not loaded full of dinosaur. Yeah. Because, like, cargo ships are not fast. But they only had, like, what, 17 or so? And and mostly the big ones were juveniles? I don't know. Anyway. I don't think it would be a couple hours to get from... No. <laughs> so they're, they're asleep and whatever. And they're... I don't know. The whole, like... I kind of don't feel like Chris Pratt and Bryce Dallas Howard. They both have names in the movie that I refuse to acknowledge or even remember. Um, Owen and Claire. Owen? Seriously? Anyway. So no Chris Pratt and Bryce Dallas Howard. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I, I don't feel any like really strong need for them to be in a romantic relationship. I don't know. Can they just be friends slash enemies sometimes? Like. Well, that, that's the thing. They they don't even know how to write them as anything other than uh, bickering um, on again, off again couple. So they are off again at the start of the movie. Yeah, that's right. Because there's also that whole, oh my God, there was so much just boring stuff in the beginning. Like when she goes and they go to the bar and she laughs at him for right. saying that he left her when she left him. And that's like something that we spend five minutes on. Yeah. 
that we absolutely did not. <laughs> Just wall-to-wall -wall dinosaurs. I only care. <laughs> I, I, I will confess that I enjoy comeuppance via dinosaur. That's, you know. Yep. That's a Jurassic Park slash world plot point that I'm A-OK -okay with, even when it's silly. Yep. Um, but anyway, on this boat ride that it apparently only includes one night, despite the fact that they're probably going 30 miles an hour at tops. <laughs> yeah. Um, they, uh, they fall asleep together. It's probably supposed to be cute that she's sleeping on him. Um, and that would have been fine if not for the fact that she had her hand down his shirt. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Uh, although it's, not, it, I don't know. I don't think it was as bad as I was expecting, given what you had said. It's still, like, not something that you should do. But I also kind of think that, given what they have her character like, that that would be, like, a completely subconscious while she was asleep thing that happened. Like, she accidentally sleep-snuggled him. Yeah. But I think the hand could have been over the shirt, is what I'm it going could. for. It. Yeah. It definitely could. So that that's why that was a little weird for me. Yeah. It's a little mm, the consent. And then um, that's the end of the action for like another 45 minutes <laughs> as we land somewhere and the dinosaurs are transported to this uh, English inspired but supposed to be Scottish inspired mansion in Northern California. Yeah, which has some interesting uh architectural features such as my my very favorite feature is the dumbwaiter that goes straight from the rich guy's bedroom down to the secret lab right <laughs> like in case i don't know in case you want to send up some samples to your bedroom i can't imagine like why to the kitchen sure in case you need a sandwich but like now i don't know my um, English mansions that well, but I'm assuming that there's a lot of dumbwaiters because I don't think all the bedrooms are on top of each other. Well, but not every bedroom gets a dumbwaiter necessarily. Are they in the bedrooms or like in the hallway, like somewhere communal? That well, would be easier. I mean, usually they go from the kitchen to like a dining room or something. Um, because I mean, I it's you know waiter the waiter part is literally about food. Um, so I don't know. I mean, maybe there are a bunch of them that are identical. Yeah. And it's just my imagination. That, but in any case, I don't think you would have a dumbwaiter at all anywhere in the house that goes to your secret lab. Because somebody on the ground floor or the basement would be like, oh, wait, it goes down some more. I wonder why. <laughs> right. If it's your secret lab that requires, <laughs> that requires a four-digit passcode. Yeah, and I think they only, it was like 7337 or something, right? Like, it wasn't even a good... So it doesn't even have good entropy. <laughs> it was really easy to remember. They only used two characters. It's a very easy pattern to, like, observe and repeat. So anyway, their security, highly questionable. Right. And considering the ethical issues around what they're doing, you'd think they might want to I don't know. I mean, maybe they figure it's fine because just the one rich guy lives there and he's sick and then the little girl and her nurse or whatever, but... Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, it wasn't too clear on if the mansion existed um, 
I guess it was before the first part because that secret lab was used for some of the initial research. But right. still, you know, it was made into a secret lab back then. And you'd think, you know, you'd wall off the dumbwaiter for being, you know, an obvious literal security hole. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is literally a hole in its security. Right. <laughs> it was just a very questionable architectural decision. So this is where the movie gets just if they stretched out the first thing into like a 90 minute movie, maybe OK. Yeah, I honestly think they could have milked the whole island meltdown thing a lot more than they ultimately did. Yeah, I guess I, I, I get that the point to the extent there is one that they wanted to make was that, you know, humans are bad and we do bad, evil things out of greed. And it's like, OK, yeah. I know. <laughs> it could have been a, at least, you know, a more exciting adventure flick if it had been mostly about trying to escape from the island that was exploding, but... Right. Not the, the uh, direction they decided to go in. Right. So the first half of the movie is where the actual action was, and the second half of the movie is where, um, if they had better writers, would have been, you know, more philosophical... So one thing I noticed while I was um, uh, putting the uh, document together, especially after just coming off of the books, is that almost every character in the book has the prefix doctor. Yeah. And in these, everyone is just, you know, not to say that people without PhDs are, you know, inferior by some means, but it's just, you know, that there's like the businessman bad guy and all the other businessman bad guys, and they don't have any, you know, motive other than, you know, evil businessman. Yeah. And like the the fir the uh, the two books and the uh, first two movies are full of these arguments between the PhDs, you know, or between them and uh, John Hammond or someone, where even if it's clear that the author and you feel that someone is clearly in the wrong, you can still kind of see that they have a side. <laughs> yeah, the whole, like, dinosaurs as weapons thing, which is a theme that they brought back from Jurassic World, which was stupid then and is stupid now. Right. Uh, that, that came up again, despite the fact that it's wildly implausible i mean the nice thing about like tanks is that you don't have to feed them they don't get sick uh they don't have temperaments that you have to right. worry about there it's just like it's absurd to imagine that we would go back to animal-based combat at this point right like so if this was written if the books were written today instead of in the early 90s um i think they would like this would be like a veiled criticism of like uh, GMOs or, you know, just the, the way that, you know, so when Crichton wrote the books, the idea of genetic modification was new and we didn't know how it would shake out. And the current state of affairs is that we have the infamous uh, Monsanto seeds where if you, you know, like buy corn or an avocado or something, you can't plant it because it's sterile by design. Yes. And we also have the uh, uh, the uh, CRISPR thing where you can like pick your kid's eye color. 
<laughs> well, in principle. Yeah. Um, you know, but like that, that's the current state of uh, at least uh, genetic engineering that's yeah. out in the public. And we made some glowy mice. Yeah. And, you know, there's some serious ethical questions to be had over that. And they didn't try to go over any of it. It's just like, you know, well, my job is to make money and I have these dinosaur assets, so I will sell them because that is how you make money. And it just happens to be that the buyers are thinking of weaponizing them. I guess. Or like trophy hunting in the case of the herbivores, which I think is... So if I were one of the women, and there were women who were willing to buy them, I would probably be buying one to like pet it, <laughs> to like keep it as a pet. Well, one of them was... One, uh, one buyer specifically was looking for a pet for his kid. Okay. But, but, <laughs> but anyway... I don't, I don't think I would keep one as a pet, I mean, for a child, but yeah. I, an adult, <laughs> surely this would be an excellent <laughs> idea. I don't know, though. It seems pretty stupid. Like, you have a very limited number of these, and it, it, isn't, it isn't quite the case that you can just make more at will, I guess, like you think. Um, we, you can tell because we don't actually have a lot of cloned animals now. Uh, some, there's this whole ridiculous nonsense about clone your pet or whatever, but, like, that isn't rampant. Like, it's extremely expensive, and it's difficult, and it doesn't always work, and there are issues. Like, Dolly the sheep kind of had issues. There aren't cloned sheep all over the place. There aren't cloned cows. They aren't cloning the cows who produce the most milk. They're using good old-fashioned breeding. Right. And, of course, antibiotics and growth hormones and what have you, but... Right. And even then, the, the uh, cloning process is, you know, just as difficult as uh, the, uh, um, uh, like, uh, assisted uh, reproduction, you know, which right. is, it takes several, and there are a lot of failures. So you'd think you wouldn't just sell off <laughs> your <Right>. originals, <laughs> I don't know, <laughs> it's like... Uh... Well, the, uh, the Tyrannosaur is the only original. Well, I mean, but they, they, we're, we're to believe that the, yeah. um, the island is melted down. There aren't any more dinosaurs except for these um, ones that they've saved. And whatever was in the lab over there, that's gone too. So really, if you wanted to make more, you're pretty much stuck with this batch. Right. So selling it off for somebody to shoot at is like not the best business decision. And I also felt like all those prices were unrealistic. I felt like anything that didn't start with a million was really like, like, I feel, I feel like, you know, like a quarter million dollars is like a good price for a champion horse. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure of the state of, uh, like your most expensive horses, but I'm pretty sure that dinosaurs would be at least one or two orders of magnitude greater than, than your, because yeah, you like, can make, like, like, like you said, for most of them, there is one of it. One, yeah. <laughs> which you know, <laughs> scarcity tends to drive up the price, even if you want it for something stupid, right? Because there are enough rich people out there with way more money than sense who would be willing to buy dinosaurs for something stupid. Uh, so yeah, yeah, that whole that whole auction scene was just it. It was dumb. <laughs> it really was. Uh, although um, this does remind me of one thing: the. Uh, the movies don't address what happened to Isla Sorna or Site B 
which in canon is the second island, which was much bigger, which is the one they actually grew the animals on. You know, they just sort of had a fake for show theme park lab on uh, Isla Nublar where the park is. Right. But their, you know, for lack of a better word, production facility <laughs> was on the other island. Or did they, what, take a few things and then purposefully <laughs> exterminate everything else that they didn't want to use at the park? Yeah, you wouldn't think. Um, the, uh, is the whole island chain exploding? You know, I mean, you know, they're connected to the same volcanism theoretically. Mm, maybe but, we'll find out if they make more of these. <laughs> but, like, it was just completely uh, unaddressed. Um, and the uh, insulting part about it was that in the Lost World movie, as the uh, escaped Tyrannosaur is heading back from sand something to... <laughs> the uh uh back to site b um they interview uh john hammond in his pajamas on his bed because he's old and dying um and he says uh these creatures require our absence because he just wants them to just you know have fun on their island and be left alone and you know he's done with the whole experiment um and they use that quote while they're you know like looking at a portrait of him and that quote was about the other island that's just yeah. ignored. I, I, either we've discarded that from canon, perhaps it will be addressed later. I don't know. But, I mean, you would think they would keep all of their creatures, if only for cockamamie ideas, like perhaps these could be useful in combat somehow. <laughs> yeah. The, the thing about the quote from the other movie is that it really sticks out because the writing is so bad that when they steal something directly from one of the books or prior films, it sticks out in quality. Yeah. So the uh, the other thing is that, um, so Dr. Ian Malcolm is speaking in front of Congress um, and his speech is lifted in pieces from the first book. Um, not one of his better speeches in the book, but mm. whatever. It hadn't been used yet. Um, so, you know, it was fair game. Um, you know what I'm not entirely clear on is when chronologically in the movie that was happening. Right. Like, we kind of cut to it a few times. Is he just speaking for days on end or? Well, if you read before, the books, so you would be or... led to believe that he could. Well, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I don't like it when I can't tell how right. time works <laughs> because i think he's speaking to congress to um in the hearings to decide if there will be federal funding to evac the animals and that gets a no which sets off the plot right. of the movie that was sort of what i was thinking but then we cut back to it and That's, i was like yeah eh? i don't know i'm kind of cranky about my chronologies i don't like I you like know, nice linear time, you know. Where they should put a title card up for you that said... Yeah, <laughs> whatever. Three days later. I don't yeah. care. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, and also, um, they uh, had whoever's doing the hearing give some talk back, you know, like examples of, like, the dangers of the powers of genetic engineering. Um, and he, you know, just gives his book line of uh, n uh, not recognizing death until the other side. Um, and it's it's just like... It's like trying to be grandiose, but 
falls flat mm. because like uh, I it just it it didn't work. <laughs> and those scenes didn't do anything or go anywhere really. I think I mean it's pretty clear that those scenes existed because everybody thinks Jeff Goldblum is hot now. <laughs> And they want to see him do things. <laughs> so they gave him to some stuff to say that was in the books. They didn't even have to work on it. <laughs> yeah. And they just, like, filmed that. Probably on a completely different set, like, at mm -hmm. his leisure. Right. <laughs> and it... I mean, so the whole movie is a cynical cash grab, obviously. But... I don't know. It could have been a better cynical cash grab. 